of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3, founded by Dr. Rick Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Kelly Evans to answer your medical questions. Dr. Evans' specialty is internal medicine. She works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Evans. Good morning, Laura. Nice to see you. Yes, thanks for being with us this sure. morning. And these are busy days, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they are. It's just, it's, you know, this year has been crazy for anyone working in healthcare, and it's no exception right now. So, right. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time to be sure. with us today. We're planning to spend some time talking about a variety of topics, including home health care, COVID-19, another reminder that November is Men's Health Care Month. So all of those topics we hope to touch on today. Um, so give us a call if there's something you'd like to talk about at 605-692-1430. But first, let's start by talking about grandparents. Yeah. Joni Holm wrote an essay mm -hmm. printed in Monday's Brookings Register about grandparents and about the importance of that special relationship between grandparents and their grandchildren. Dr. Evans, what do we know about the health benefits of grandparents and grandchildren being involved in each other's lives? Well, I guess I'm not an expert on that particular subject matter. I think that just based on experience and, and what we see, I think that grandparents can serve a really enormous role in, in kids' lives, and that's true whether they live near or far. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, we, I, we're lucky to have my, my parents live here in Brookings, and so our kids get to see a lot of them, and they're, um, my husband's parents are not too far away, so our kids get the benefit of seeing their grandparents a lot. I mean, I think the, the benefit for the grandchildren and the parents, i.e. Mm -hmm. myself, is really clear, you know, to, to be able to share some of those duties and, and um, get some extra help with childcare. Mm -hmm. I think obviously, anyone who knows a child well knows that they are crazy about their grandparents generally speaking and so mm -hmm. the the grandchildren benefit i think the the a, a really interesting benefit that i see is that to the grandparents themselves though i mean that that purpose and and the um the joy that comes with being able to spend time with a child that that they love at that stage in their life where they may be retired or near retired and and have time and insight that you know most of us probably don't have when we're in the thick of it when we're actually doing the parenting mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> right i think that's really obvious with with um with our family that I see, you know, mm -hmm. grandparents act different when they're grandparents and when they were parents, right? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You do see a shift in your own parents and how they act yeah. with your, with your kids. Definitely. And, but it's really sweet <laughs> yes. for sure. Yeah. Yes. It's, so it sounds like for, um, um, grandparents, you know, there's health benefits of being active and yes. like you said, having purpose and, mm -hmm. um, 
the little ones are busy, so they keep right. you busy and moving <laughs> and all of those good things too. Right. Which yeah. is great. So yeah, yeah. As we think about Thanksgiving coming up, um, many of us aren't able to be with our loved ones this Thanksgiving and, and thinking about those, um, trying to keep everyone safe and right. including those grandparents in our mm-hmm. lives. Um, any thoughts on that, Dr. Evans, to just help with that loneliness uh, and that separation? Yeah. And I, I, it, you know, I think saying the words of what we recommend minimizing gathering during the holidays is easy. You know, we're, we're living it too. You know, mm-hmm. we, we're not we're not just here preaching to to decrease contact with others we feel the pain of of missing relatives during the holidays i think that you know right now it's it's too bad that we're in the place that we're in right now in south dakota Mm -hmm. i mean i think the risk right now of unwittingly transmitting the virus to a vulnerable person is as high as it has ever been here Mm -hmm. so you know i what my advice to people is you know, as how think back to how careful you were being maybe in April of this year, and let's revert to that mindset for the time being. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're we have really good reason to feel encouraged that this is not permanent. I think for a lot of this year, people who were being cautious, I mean, it's easy to get fatigued because there's seemingly no end in sight, right? It's mm-hmm. it's hard to see where the the end of the tunnel is. We are we are going to have a vaccine for this and we're going to have a high quality vaccine. We don't know how long immunity will last for the vax from from each vaccine. Mm -hmm. But I think that we things will be tangibly different probably six months from now Mm -hmm. um, when when we have the opportunity to get everyone vaccinated. So just, you know, my advice would be to try and take that long view, get your family through these holidays unscathed if you can, um, Mm -hmm. and reduce the risk in the ways that you can. Mm -hmm. That may not mean for everybody that you don't see any family over the holidays. I think Mm -hmm. you got to think hard about that and hard about how much risk your family has of, you know, unknowingly having the virus. Mm -hmm. Right. It looks different for everybody. I don't think there's a blanket statement, but, Mm -hmm. you know, for example, my, I have, my mother's family um she has a huge family and Mm -hmm. one of the lovely things about our holidays is always that we gather all of us yes which means like you know 80 or 90 people in a room Mm -hmm. and that's a tradition those things we definitely should not do this year Mm -hmm. should Mm -hmm. you see one other household or two other households depending on your risk i think that can is something that you can be thoughtful about mm-hmm. um but definitely the big gatherings i think have to go this year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. our our family you know as as with everyone uh, those those gatherings are important and part of our traditions and um even our kiddos are realizing you know we're not going to have this so we just started this week lydia my seven-year-old just started this week um uh, kind of a text message chain encouraging everyone to participate in some Thanksgiving activities together. And it's Mm -hmm. been really sweet to see that. So she asked everyone to write down what they're thankful for and take a picture or send a video and whatever. So it's been, and it's been so, they've been so excited about it, my kiddos. So Mm -hmm. they feel a connection. We all realize it's different, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just trying to find some different ways to reach out to those family members who maybe you don't get to see too often, but uh, you are certainly thinking of them on Thanksgiving and those types of I know. things it's, to connect. It's going to be different this year, and I think we have to accept that. I think, you know, we, I think, again, it's 
it's easier for me to say that knowing that I, I really believe that next year we may be able to return to some of those old mm-hmm. traditions. So mm-hmm. don't lose hope. Let's just right. get through this as healthy as we can. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you, Dr. Evans. We're going to take our first break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical concerns you would like us to address. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. If you have diabetes, these lifestyle changes can help lower your risk for heart disease. Follow a healthy diet. Eat more fresh fruits and vegetables, lean protein, and whole grain. Aim for a healthy weight. If you're overweight, even losing a modest amount of weight can lower your triglycerides and blood sugar. Get physical activity. Try to get at least 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity physical activity, such as brisk walking. Manage your ABCs. A, your A1C test. B, keep your blood pressure below 140 over 90. And C, control your cholesterol levels. S stands for stop smoking or don't start. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Call your provider with questions or to set up an appointment, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans is here to discuss your medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Before our break, we've been talking a little bit about the importance of grandparents in our lives and... um, COVID and Thanksgiving plans and all of that. Dr. Evans is reminding us to have hope for the future. (laughs) And one of those things um, to give us hope is hope for a vaccine. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the, when, when this all started for us in the spring and, and there were folks out there talking about vaccine research and the possibility of having a vaccine ready within a year sounded outrageous to me. Mm -hmm. um, Honestly, um, so I, I think the, the speed with which this has moved has been impressive. And part of it is because these two, these two um, vaccines that you've probably read about in the news that have been manufactured are using a new type of technology um, that we really have not used in, in vaccine development in the past. And that's part of the reason why it's been able to happen much faster than ever before. Um, there are... The other thing that I think is impressive in this preliminary data is the efficacy rates, which means in an individual person, how likely was this vaccine to prevent infection in their studies? And, you know, for some things, so for influenza, for example, we we have very wide um, efficacy rates. So mm-hmm. you can remember sometimes there's years where our influenza efficacy rates are low, um, and that is depending on a, a variety of factors. But in these initial trials, at least, which the caveat is trial data is probably usually a little better than real world data for, okay. for various reasons, but it's really high. I mean, over 90% in both of these uh, first two vaccines that have been reported on, and that's that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think unanswered questions that we'll have is how long will it last? Will we all need to get annual booster shots for COVID-19, et cetera? And that's certainly a possibility. These you know, co- coronaviruses are cold viruses. And, I, you know, we, these are things that we tend to have immunity wane over time. Um, yeah. So we may need boosters, but the, the initial data is impressive. I think the what, what remains for us to really 
try to nail in 2021 is getting this available for the masses mm -hmm. and hopefully getting enough people to want to get the vaccine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's always a concern, especially, you know, there's there's there have been places in our country, especially where vaccination rates have gone down. And so that's going to be, I think, our next public health challenge is rolling this out to the masses as we get um, it available for people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Well, it'll be interesting to see when um, when we get those here yeah. in South Dakota, when and I, how? Yeah, that and will I think work. the the first people to get it will probably get it by Jan. I mean, maybe even by the first of the year. Okay, that's, that's possible. D definitely by the end of January. Yeah. Um, but it'll be in small amounts, and right. so it'll be a very small, targeted portion of the population that'll get it first. But really, in the next three, four months, I want people to start thinking about it, do your reading about it, be ready to get the vaccine when it's available. And it'll be our job to figure out how we're going to safely and quickly get it to people. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is very exciting to mm -hmm. have those great reports coming out. Yeah. Dr. Evans, you are a physician with many roles and responsibilities <laughs> as a clinic physician, hospital physician, prairie dog volunteer, and many more. And one of those other roles is serving as the medical director for Brookings Health Systems Home Health Care. Yeah, home health and hospice. So this is a this is a role that Dr. Holm held for a long, long time. And okay. Hospice especially was a very was very dear to him. Um, and I took that over for him last year. Um, so yeah, we, you know, if you, if you haven't had a family member who's needed home health or home hospice, this may be something that you don't know anything about, but we have a great, um, group of home nurses and other staff that provide home health care for people who are homebound. Mm -hmm. And that's something, so for some people that's a temporary thing. Maybe it's after they were in the hospital and they're weak and they need physical therapy at home and they need some nursing help at home in the short term. For some people, it's a longer term need. Um, but really the goal that they help serve is to help people be able to stay in their homes when in the absence of home health, they might be forced to take on a different living situation. Mm -hmm. And these, I mean, it's a, it's a great service and the, these people are just amazing. You know, I, I get to work with them. We meet weekly for the hospice side of things and that's a, a sort of a separate service. Um, but they get to know their patients so well. I mean, and, and the things that affect their patients' health that, you know, when I see patients in the office, we get such a small snapshot of, of their lives sometimes. It's really illuminating to get communication from home nurses who really see the challenges that people face mm. in their homes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So often are these um, home health visits happening daily, weekly? How often yeah. do we... It's, it's different for every patient. It okay. depends on what they need. Um, so I would say typical would be the nurse maybe visits once a week or maybe twice a week in, uh, in patients with a little higher needs. Okay. Um, but they also provide things like aides who can come and help with bathing at home. Okay. Um, and th they might come two or three times a week. And they, they can assist with other home services that aren't to the high level of a what a nurse needs to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, nurses might go more frequently in people who need things like wound care at home and need dressing changes or need lab draws or whatever. But it's, it's pretty flexible and very much tailored to what that individual patient needs. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, it's time for us to go to our next break. If you have questions about home health care or hospice, please give us a call at 605-692-1430. Did you know that breast cancer death rates have declined 40% 
from 1989 to 2016 among women. The progress is attributed to the improvement in early detection. Breast cancer is most common in women, but can also be found in men. Anyone who notices changes in the breasts, such as skin texture, tenderness, lumps, or discharge, should be examined by their provider. Women are encouraged to have a mammogram every one to two years, starting at age 40. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Please talk with your provider about your breast health and other health concerns by calling the Avera Medical Group Brookings at 605-697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans is here to discuss your medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Before our break, we are talking about home health care and the important service that can provide to some patients and individuals in our community. Um, Dr. Evans, tell us a little bit more about hospice mm-hmm. um, health care and what that looks like. Yeah, and so uh, hospice is a separate um, service from home health. Um, hospice, most people are somewhat familiar with the term at least. Really, we, we say patients are eligible for hospice if they have a disease that would give us the expectation that they may not live for more than six months. Okay. And so that's a, a, a wide variety. In some cases, those are chronic disease patients who, you know, maybe they've been in and out of the hospital and they're not expecting to die next week, but they've kind of made the decision they don't want to go back to the hospital. They want to do the best they can and just be comfortable in their own homes. Mm-hmm. In some cases, it is maybe a diagnosis of cancer um, that's not going to be treated any further and, and their needs are more acute. So kind of a wide spectrum of, of that type of acuity. Um, but this, I, again, I say that I think that hospice may have been the last thing that Dr. Holm continued to do clinically because he loved it so much because the service that they provide to patients is so wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I think it gives families more control over what their loved one gets to do in their final days. Mm -hmm. And most of these patients get to stay at home. You know, they've done a lot of studies and surveys over, you know, if, if you asked someone if it was the end of your life and you knew it was the end of your life, what would you want? Mm-hmm. Where would you want to die? And the overwhelming majority of people say they would much rather die at home mm-hmm. than in the hospital or anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And the, the majority of patients that get enrolled in home hospice are able to do that and, and be in the care of their families and the presence of their families and their loved ones in their final days. Mm-hmm. Um, it provides a lot of support to families. So it gives, you know, the, the, with home hospice, it's not like there's a nurse present 24-7. It does rely on the caregiving of families. Um, but so much support and someone to call if there's any crisis in the middle of the night, for example, someone to bring meds to your home, um, a lot of support. The, the chaplain is part of the hospice team. Mm-hmm. There's a social worker as part of the hospice team. Um, so just a lot of social and emotional support to the patient themselves and their families as, as they face what they're facing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious, just, um, how, like, how many hospice patients do we have in our community mm-hmm. at any one time? I'm sure it totally fluctuates, it does. but... It does fluctuate. I would say it's, um, 
a typical number is probably, and I'm not, I'm not necessarily the best one to ask this question to, but a typical number is probably in the range of 10 to 15. Yeah. Yeah. And what a beautiful service to yes, provide those. Yes, it really is. And, and again, these are, it's the same staff that does home health and hospice and this team of nurses um, and other staff is just incredible and, and very compassionate and Again, I think it really gives the opportunity for the patient and their families to have a lot of control over their health care. And you mentioned it can be up to six months, you know, and those things are hard to predict. But um, sometimes you hear about, well, they went on hospice yesterday and then they passed away. Um, you're, You're really hoping to have that hospice team involved earlier in the process is that I think patients true? benefit most when yes if we if we can get them enrolled and get them the support they need before they're in those last you know single digit number of days okay um, sometimes that doesn't always happen and sometimes we just don't have the opportunity to make that happen right. um, but I think that the, the patients and families that benefit most do get to have a longer relationship with the hospice team yeah Okay. Mm-hmm. One other program we have with Brookings Health System is the Hearth Care, and Hearth stands for helping elderly adults remain in their homes. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me more about that program? Yeah, so that's that's sort of you're right. It's a little bit separate, but they work in conjunction, and so that might be referring to things like um, housekeeping services. Um, things that get more challenging as just as physical tasks for okay. people staying in their own homes that, that they may be candidates to get help with Okay. Um, through, through the avenue of home health. Gotcha. Yep. So if um, a patient or a family mm-hmm. feels like any of these things might be appropriate for someone in their lives, they mm-hmm. can just talk yeah. to their physician about it? Talk to their physician okay. about it. We make referrals for all, that all the time. Again, a, a common place that people get started with home health is if they get discharged from the hospital, but that doesn't have to always be true. I make referrals out of clinic often. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So how is that decision made? Like if you are in the hospital, mm-hmm. it's time you don't need to be in the hospital anymore, but you're certainly not ready to go home on your mm-hmm. own. How do you make those decisions? Yeah. So th- those decisions get made um, in a multidisciplinary way. Usually we use help from physical therapy and occupational therapy in the hospital to assess what the patient's needs might be. And if, if home physical therapy is appropriate versus going to a rehab center, et cetera. So those decisions are made, you know, ultimately the decision is always going to be the patients, Mm -hmm. um, generally speaking, but um, we use input from various um, team members, including our therapists um, and social workers to help make those decisions. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Um, Well, it's almost time for us to go to our final break. I did want to comment. I just got a note here from Joni. She just sent us a message saying hospice was a wonderful benefit for Rick and our family. I encourage all in need or with questions to call Brookings Health System and inquire about the services. So that's a little note, Joni, just right now. So I want to share that out there, too. Well, it is time for us to go to our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK. You can give us a call at 605-692-1430 with any of your questions. It's time to get your flu shot. The influenza virus is a seasonal illness that changes every year. That is why the CDC recommends a new flu shot each year for everyone over six months of age. Now is the time to get your 2020 vaccine. It is especially important to receive the vaccine this year while we are in the midst of the COVID pandemic. 
The flu vaccine, along with good hand washing, mask use, and social distance, will help you from getting and spreading influenza and COVID. Vaccines are available at your provider's office as well as many area pharmacies. Please make it a priority to get your flu shot soon. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans is here to discuss your medical questions. We've been talking about home health care and hospice and the different services available in our community um, and in most communities. Is that true? These services are, some form of them are available in most yes, communities? Yes, in a community of a, of a certain size, yes, I would say so. Although Brookings, our, our home health serves a pretty wide range of rural communities too. I know that we have patients as far out as Lake Preston at times. Okay. Um, so even in rural surrounding area of Brookings, you have access to these services. Okay, so yeah. if you're joining us from the internet or from podcasts, mm-hmm. um, these programs should be available um, in a similar format in your communities too, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Dr. Evans, I was curious, how has the COVID-19 pandemic changed the way patients and families are making decisions about some of these different types of care? Yeah, I mean, I, I think in a large sense, there are some patients for whom really trying to avoid being in the hospital or even being in the clinic to minimize contact might affect their decision about being more preemptive about getting as much of their care as they can at home. And certainly I have patients who have already been enrolled in home health that we have sort of extended services, tried to do their lab work to be a home health and, and, and if they have been, had a hard time coming into clinic. Um, you know, certainly we have COVID-19 positive patients that are being cared for by home health, both our home health and, you know, across the region from, from other um, entities. Um, and that I think is a really important service because, you know, people with COVID, you know, maybe they aren't sick enough to need oxygen, but they're weak and they still need to be able to get some care while, while people are still protected and maybe their families are not wanting to come in for them. So, um, they, our home health is certainly able to help take care of COVID patients as they're recovering safely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've had it interesting to some families, um, who maybe would normally use the nursing home as an option, Mm -hmm. um, maybe are choosing not to either because it's hard to get in or um, because of COVID. Because they're worried about other options. Which I think is, I think those are understandable concerns. So yeah, I think, I think we have had a little more demand for home services for that reason, um, which is, you know, good. We want to help people have care in the way that makes the most sense for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a big thank you to all those home health care yes, and hospice care providers for um, continuing to serve in wonderful ways, even in, in this time. Mm-hmm. We did have a question come in, Dr. Evans, um, asking that they've been hearing a lot about wearing a mask and social distancing all the time on the news, but not much about hand washing. Isn't that equally as important? And do hand sanitizer or hand wipes work as effectively as hand washing yeah so the so the to the last question yes for this virus hand sanitizer is as good as soap and water if you use enough and appropriately um to kill the virus i think the reason you don't hear a little bit more about hand wash certainly hand hygiene is important we know that this virus the primary mode that it transmits to others is through droplets in the air and so social distancing and masking to reduce that type of transmission is 
of utmost importance, whereas there's probably less transmission from touching surfaces. We thought there was more at the beginning of the pandemic that hasn't panned out to have resulted in lots of transmission. So that's probably why you're hearing less about it. It doesn't make it unimportant. Okay, so keep washing those hands yes, as well. Keep those hands clean. Um, and as flu season and yes. colds and all those other things come around, yep. we want to just practice good hygiene. Yes, of Absolutely. course. Um, well, before we go, I did want to give one more mention that November is Men's Health Care Month. So keep that um, in mind. If you're a man who needs to make some appointments to make sure you're staying healthy, keep that on there. Any comment on that quick, Dr. Evans? I would say just sometimes the challenge is just getting your foot through the door and we are happy to see you at our clinic. Make an appointment for a physical and we'll just talk about prevention and whatever concerns it is that you have. All right. Thank mm-hmm. you. Well, before we go, please be sure to tune into South Dakota Public Broadcasting most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. for our television show On Call with the Prairie Doc. However, tomorrow, of course, is Thanksgiving. Um, so we encourage you to maybe check out our podcast. We have um, the television show now available as a podcast and this radio show as a podcast. So just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program. And we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube. For free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library, visit www.prairiedoc.org. My thanks to Dr. Kelly Evans for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people. Thank you.